Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Grammy, the Oscar, the People's Choice Award, the Dwarven Comparison to Fantasy Football. Welcome to our special edition of the 2021 Fantasy Sports Today Fantasy Football Awards Show. I am Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock, and many other guests along the way, going to take a look back at the 2021 Fantasy Football season, who shined, who disappointed. And a little bit later in the show, we've got a special preview of Best Ball's 2022 Fantasy Football season. So we certainly are looking forward to the next two hours, so sit back, enjoy, relax, and, uh, and review your fantasy football teams from 2021, because we certainly are going to do it for you here on the show. Davis, it was a uh, fantasy football season to remember, without a doubt. Started off sort of a little bit unexpected. We had some hiccups along the way, of course, you know, COVID causing that, no doubt about it. But in the end, winning a fantasy football championship, without a doubt, came on the strength of a handful of players being on your fantasy football team. So without further ado... I would love to know, in your opinion, who the first team all Fantasy Sports Today team is this year. Well, you know, I think in the end, Craig, we are going to remember 2021 as the all-time pick-the-right-players year in fantasy football. I think that, uh, you know, in terms of strategy, of course, there are always certain strategies that work, some that don't. But uh, 2021 was definitely about pick that guy, not that guy, because there were lots of guys at similar ADPs who did well and uh, guys who did poorly. Uh, our first team, all FST, I, I certainly have no disagreements here. Clearly, the best late-round quarterback was Tom Brady. Maybe a couple other guys have arguments. You know, Stafford, in a similar range, did pretty well as well. But Brady, you know, I mean, uh, just a, a statistically nuclear season uh, until, you know, some of his teammates got hurt at the end. Jonathan Taylor, the clear best player in fantasy football, the best stats at sort of the most difficult position to fill. Austin Eckler, for the first time in his career, getting touches at the goal line, becoming, you know, just, I mean, Austin Eckler was already an amazing fantasy player without touchdowns. You add 16 touchdowns to that mix, and he takes the next level. No debate at the wide receiver positions either. Cooper Cup, uh, I, I think we will sort of remember 2021 as the year of Cooper Cup. And then Devontae Adams, you know, didn't do anything unexpected, but, um, you know, basically was uh, just, you know, quiet dominance for Devontae Adams. And I, I thought tight end 
actually was was sort of interesting. So Mark Andrews is the guy that we have nominated here. I think we could have gone with Kelsey, who really turned up at the end. George Kittle, of course, had those mega nuclear games in the middle of the season. So uh, I, I think those guys do capture the year in fantasy football fairly well, though. Yeah, without a doubt. These were the players that if you had them on your team and if you had multiple players of them on your fantasy football season-long team, you obviously uh, did very well. Before we move on to sort of game theory as to what the future could predict and sort of going back to the way the first couple of rounds looked in fantasy football this past season, Davis, uh, any honorable mentions for players that you think are on the first team all fantasy sports today like uh, you know for me Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings would be a player that you know certainly was right up there with uh, a couple of these other players are there any players for you that stick out that didn't make our first team that you could have put on a second or third team yeah I think at wide receiver Debo Samuel and Jamar Chase considering where they were drafted welcome of course to everyone listening to Sports Grid on radio Davis Maddock and Craig Mish with year recapping the 2021 fantasy football season I I certainly think that Chase and uh, Chase and Debo especially considering where they were drafted um, I I think you could maybe even argue that Debo deserves to get in on the first team over Devontae Adams, considering that you could take him with, you know, the the sixth pick. And then we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show. I think there are a wide variety of running backs who maybe didn't start the entire season. Maybe they got four starts. Maybe they got six starts. But there were so many guys who came in and absolutely carried your team for a stretch at the running back position. No question. And coming up, we're going to go over the quarterback position and give out our awards to quarterbacks in 2021. Our very own Joe Pizapia is going to join us for that a little bit later in the show, Davis. So let's give a little teaser here. We're going to go through the 2022 best ball first round, second round for the next few months before we really get into draft season in August. Do you think that game theory wise will continue to see the Derrick Henry's, the Christian McCaffrey's, the, you know, in the past Saquon Barkley's, is running back going to be as heavy in the first round, or are we going to see a shift in thinking? I definitely think we are going to see a small shift in thinking. I think we'll probably see more wide receivers in round one this upcoming year than ever before. Where the game theory is really going to shift, in my opinion, is going to be, so yeah, we'll have Henry, McCaffrey, you know, those guys go. Uh, but by the end of round two, you might as well forget the running back as a position. You are, we are not going to be bigging up these bad running backs anymore, and it is going to be wide receivers, uh, you know, come hell or high water, rounds three to six, basically. All right. Well, folks, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer for our preview of 2022, because we've got a lot of recap to come here from the 2021 fantasy football season. Joe Pizapia will join me next. We'll talk about the quarterback and running back position. A little bit later in the show, George Kurtz and I go over the awards for the tight end position. And, of course, our uh, our definitely professional wrestler du jour, Matt Stryker, announcer, wrestler. He's got the awards for the wide receiver position. Two hours of awards here on Fantasy Sports Today. Stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. 
Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And off we go with our award show here on Fantasy Sports Today. We continue on with another other than my host on the Sunday morning edition of Fantasy Sports Today. You can follow him on Twitter at JoePizzaPS17 and, of course, purchase his fantasy black book in both football and baseball, not to mention working over at Fantasy Pros. He's the great Joe Pizzapia who joins us now. We're going to talk some quarterbacks with Joe and some running backs. And, Joe, we're going to give out some awards here on the show. Who doesn't love an award show? Thanks for being part of it today. Well, I just hope the orchestra doesn't play me off with the acceptance speech. Oh, you mean the awards are not for me? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm used to that part. But yes, you're right. It's nice to give out some hardware. It's nice to be positive, although I think there's going to be a few negative awards as well, if I know Craig Mish. I'm sure there's going to be a couple questions that are on the, the downside, too. I've worked with you long enough. Yeah, well, let, let, let's give it a shot here, see what we come up with. And, uh, and for this segment, we're going to focus on uh, reviewing the quarterback position give out some hardware as joe said so let's get started we're giving out this award here which is the quarterback that progressed the most in 2021 joe who is the winner well there are definitely some quarterbacks that made progress this year but i think we have to stand up and applaud justin herbert i mean justin herbert i understand it's an extra game in the season but still 5,000 yards is 5,000 yards if you look at what he did and the consistency of what he did Uh, throughout the season it was just tremendous he finished as QB2 on the year and that is a a fantastic job and I have to say I was somebody that was a little skeptical of how quick Herbert would acclimate to the NFL I think a lot of us last year were looking at each other saying okay can this be repeated well no it can't be repeated it can be improved upon that's how good Justin Herbert was and what's so stunning too is you look at the game log and I think what we're looking for especially because the quarterback position is so important now and that elite tier of quarterbacks has really separated itself the fact that you got Herbert probably towards the end of QB1 and he finished as a top three guy I think that tells you what a league winner he potentially was too and down the stretch again you know after they had that bye week so many big time performances that this guy had and even before the bye he had a couple huge games as well and I think When you're looking at that consistency and the fact that he finished after week 11 as a QB1 every single week down that stretch, that's what you're looking for at a fantasy quarterback. So uh, the numbers are impressive, the 38 touchdowns, the 15 picks. Uh, He also had three rushing touchdowns and 300 rushing yards too, so he showed a little bit of mobility. But I think it's just fascinating to watch Herbert, who I believe if you watched him to not just look at the stats, Craig, he looked more comfortable this year than even last year. He made big plays and big moments. You go back to that game against Kansas City in Kansas City. That was the one to me where I said, 
He kept making big throw after big throw in fourth down and third down situations. And that led them to a huge victory there. And I think it's going to be really fun to watch those guys compete in that division for the next 10 years. But Justin Herbert, to me, is that guy who really took another step forward after an incredibly impressive rookie year. I think we should really just understand this guy from now on is fantasy elite QB material. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, and for people who are taking quarterbacks early in drafts, are there three quarterbacks better than Herbert in 2022? Still to be determined, but it sure doesn't feel like there is. All right, so our award for... The quarterback that progressed the most goes to Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. Now let's give out an award for the negative. Got to do it, Joe. The award for the biggest disappointment at quarterback in 2021 goes to? Well, it goes to Dak Prescott. And I know some people will say, well, he finishes QB7, so how disappointing can that be? And I have to tell you, I'm still disappointed because maybe my expectations were just too high, Craig. But I thought Dak Prescott was somebody that really could challenge for the one spot. I think going into this year, you look at the season Herbert had in the stats and said, this guy's got CeeDee Lamb, he has got Amari Cooper, he's got Michael Gallup, and obviously we know Michael Gallup injuries unfortunately derailed his season. He's got the running backs, pretty decent offensive line. Why can't this guy go out there and put up a QB1 season? In fact, I had a wager on him selfishly and stupidly to lead the league in passing this year. Well, it did not happen. Still good year for Prescott, but I think – uh, the, the bad taste in your mouth from the playoffs aside, looking at just the regular season, there were inconsistencies. And I think it might be better to clear the deck when it comes to the wide receivers here. I think maybe moving on from Cooper, maybe you bring Gallup back on a one-year show-me deal. Maybe you bring back uh, uh, Cedric as well and try to get those guys together and then really make C.D. Lamb the true alpha. And if you do... I think maybe he can take that next step. But Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback. I don't want to hop on the bandwagon here of bashing Dak because of the end of that game. You know, that's old. That's like so two weeks ago. But I think from a fantasy perspective, I all of us had a little higher hopes for him winning us more weeks. And unfortunately, Craig, when we look back at the game log, it just didn't happen. There were a couple peaks, but I think far too many valleys. And that's the problem I have with Dak for the price you had to pay for him. All right, so two awards. Herbert will get the award for the quarterback that progressed the most. And we'll give Dak Prescott, as Joe mentioned, the award for the biggest disappointment at quarterback. And, of course, there were some others as well. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play a single game in 2021, <laughs> not to mention. Um, all right, so now let's ask some fantasy questions here as we close out the quarterback position in our review of 2021. And, Joe, who do you think finished as a QB1 in fantasy football at the end of 2021 that will not in 2022? Well, the first guy that comes to mind, there's two that really do, is Kirk Cousins. And I was somebody who actually was very glowing about him in the Black Book and said, Kirk Cousins is actually a really good super flex quarterback. He's probably going to be right on the fringe of QB1. And wouldn't you know it, that's exactly where he finished this year, right at the bottom of QB1. But I think when you look at the body of work of Kirk Cousins the last few years, the deficit has been slow starts. He corrected that this year. You know, he had awful Septembers for two years in a row in 2019 and 2020. He was able to put that behind him in 2021, and the overall numbers really did show because of that. Now, it certainly helps to have Justin Jefferson, but at the same time, I think you kind of hit the wall here with Kirk Cousins. Also, you're getting a potential where maybe they move on from Kirk Cousins. Maybe a new regime comes in. I think whenever you have question marks, it gives me hesitation, and Kirk Cousins has been inconsistent in the past. So even though he was one of my favorite value quarterbacks last year, I think it would be silly to just lock him in, even if he does come back with Minnesota with a new OC and a new situation there, a new head coach, to think, okay, he's just going to repeat again as a QB1. That might not be the case. And the other guy is Ryan Tannehill, who had been 
probably one of the underrated unsung quarterbacks heading into the draft, right? Last couple fantasy seasons, he's been that guy that you got almost for free that you really enjoyed in Superflex leagues. If you had him as a QB too, you were doing really well. He was rushing touchdowns, uh, scoring touchdowns, throwing touchdowns. He was just a touchdown machine. This year, he was an interception machine. And that's a huge problem. And I understand, yes, there were all kinds of injuries going on with the wide receivers. So you give him a slight pass on that, but only a slight one for a couple reasons. Number one, it's still a very run-heavy attack. And number two, I think when you're looking around next year, it's still pretty much just A.J. Brown, that roster. I don't think we can believe in Julio Jones staying healthy now for a season. We don't know what else they're going to bring in. So to me, Ryan Tannehill, because of the turnovers, continue to basically cut his nose despite his face in terms of scoring fantasy points. That's a huge concern there. You can't put up fantasy points if you keep turning the ball over to the other team. And that's a terrible trend. And I don't know what this roster is going to look like next year. So for me, I'm out as him as a QB1 next year as well. Yeah, and going into the season, you know, certainly was well worthy of of a QB1. All right, let's close it out with this in the quarterback position, Joe. Looking ahead to 2022, who is ready to crack the QB1 field? So basically a top 12 quarterback in fantasy football. I mean, it's next season, but really it's this season, (laughs) Joe. (laughs) Well, look, I know we're all riding on the Jimmy Garoppolo high, you know, coming off of you know, a pretty good playoff run here for Jimmy G. But at the same time, I think if you spent the draft capital on Trey Lance, Trey Lance has to be the future. And I think the future has to start now. I really do. And from a fancy perspective, what this guy gives you is that rushing upside, right? So if you're looking at early Josh Allen years in terms of stats, I think it's very comparable. I think you can get a lot of that similar big guy running downhill, really tough to tackle, but has a really great arm, a rocket arm as well. He's got good ball placement too. If you go back and watch his pro day, it was incredibly impressive. He made some real big time NFL throws in that pro day that were just incredibly uh, impressive to me. And I think that if you drop him into this offense, that's pretty much ready-made here. You've got some running back talent. You've certainly got George Kittle coming back, Debo Samuel Ayuk. You've got a lot of weapons, good old line, a lot to like here with Trey Lance. And I think all that together could absolutely put him into that QB1 conversation. All right. Our 2021 Fantasy Football Award Show continues. We go from quarterback to running back next. We're going to keep Joe Pizapia around for another 12 minutes or so as we look at the running back position from this past season. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome back. It's our 2021 Fantasy Football Awards show here on SportsGrid. Thanks for being part of it today. We took a look at the quarterback position. And now we bring Joe Pizapia back to look at the running back position and what happened in 2021. So naturally, we got some more awards to give away. The trophies are all set. Joe, let's give out some more and let's start <laughs> off at running back 2021. Who, which, how? Those are probably the three <laughs> questions you could ask. Give me the running back that progressed the most in 2021, Joe. Who are we giving this award to? Well, sure. I mean, if you want to talk about progress, I think – Progress getting back into uh, the good graces is definitely Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Mixon last year with the injury, everyone, you know, holding him out there. You know, Zojo Burrow is no reason for the Bengals to push him, especially after signing that big contract the year before, right? So signs the big contract. They draft Joe Burrow. We're going in here, guns a-blazing. And it didn't work out last year for the Bengals. This year, much better result. But I think you're looking at Joe Mixon and you say to yourself, this is an all-purpose running back, a three-down back. And uh, in terms of injury issues this year, there was one or two little mini glitches, but nothing out of the ordinary, certainly nothing compared to the incredible injury attrition at the position this season and last season. So it's great to see Joe Mixon kind of solidify himself as a dependable RB1. I mean, I don't know if you want to take him in the top five picks. I don't think I'm quite there. I'd rather be taking some of the big time wide receivers or the Jonathan Taylors of the world or Derrick Henry still over him. But at the same time, I think if you are starting your team with a combination of Joe Mixon in 2022 and a big time wide receiver or Joe Mixon as part of a really big time uh, running back duo at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, I think you're in a fantastic spot. And you know that the Bengals year over year are going to go out there and fix the offensive line. It's such a glaring issue for them. They probably should have fixed it in last year's draft, but instead they took Jamar Chase. But I don't think any of us can be upset about that. However, obviously in 2022, it has to be their first priority, maybe picking up an edge rush or two. But that O-line, that is the thing, first and foremost, for the Cincinnati Bengals to fix. And that can only help Joe Mixon, too, because you protect Joe Burrow, you continue to give him more time in the pocket, it makes the offense more dangerous. And I don't know about you, Craig, when you look at these offensive ecosystems that are out there, how good is the potential for the next three years of the Cincinnati Bengals, right? you still got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase on rookie deals. You've got Joe Burrow, who looks like he's got all the swagger to back it all up to with all the talent. And Joe Mixon in the middle of this offense, I think is a very reliable, dependable RB1. And I think that's especially important too, after a really disappointing 2020 season. And then even some other years too, a lot of injuries in the past for Joe Mixon. This was a statement year, I feel like for him, he's not going anywhere. And I think there's actually room for him to get better next year potentially as well yeah a great a great call by joe a rare rb1 that performed like an RB1. What a novel <laughs> idea in 2021 especially toward the end of the season all right well naturally we give our award for the running back that progressed the most in 2021 now it's time for us to give out the award for the biggest disappointment at running back in fantasy football and certainly I mean, Joe, you could go at the top very easily and, and pick any of these running backs in the mm -hmm. first round. I mean, my gosh, McCaffrey got hurt and Derrick Henry got hurt and Kamara for a bunch of weeks wasn't who we thought. Even Dalvin Cook missed time too. But who's the biggest disappointment of them all? 
Well, for me, you know, you're talking about the who, which, why. How about why? Why is the one, right? Why is everyone getting hurt at the running back position? I think all of us just looking around saying why. And of all those guys, you can easily say, well, CMC is the most disappointing. He was the one, one, but he didn't play, you know? So I'm looking at this in terms of who played and was a huge disappointment. And I think if you're going to land on a guy who played 13 of his game, not all of his games, but did play in 13 of them, and he finishes RB33, but he had a first-round grade on him, at least a late first-round grade, was Saquon Barkley. And I understand the Giants were a mess, but at the end of the day, Saquon Barkley, the draft stock you invested in him if you're the New York Giants, he has to be that transcendent player, and he just looked like kind of a shadow of himself. And this is a very disconcerting thing. There were rumors going into this past year that they were looking to kick the tires on maybe trading Saquon Barkley. I wonder if they do that again. I wonder if a new regime just wants to start from scratch. And I can't blame them. And maybe a fresh start is exactly what Saquon Barkley needs. But this is just two years ago. We're removed from a guy who was a consensus potential 1-1 pick, right? It was Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Now he's looking like a guy you can't draft anywhere. And that is a real problem. Uh, I could also throw Nick Chubb a little bit into that list too. I think some of the issues with Baker Mayfield really hurt him and some of his own injuries also this year. Darrell Nick Chubb a little bit. Still finishes an RB1 regardless. I think Ezekiel Elliott's finish is also very disappointing and something that I warned people against at the beginning of the year, Craig, and took a lot of heat for it, which is when you have a running back that's been in the league as long with this much tread on the tires, sometimes you see that drop happen fast. And it didn't happen the first six weeks of the season, but my goodness, the last eight weeks of the season, you saw a real player, I think, in decline. So we shall see what the Cowboys do. But if I have to give this award to one guy, I think it's Saquon Barkley because I think the expectation was you were getting a value and maybe a risk-reward, and it was all just risk and no reward, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it's a great point. You and I have done shows in the past talking about guys, and it's amazing to think like Todd Gurley, who was out of the NFL, mm -hmm. uh, David Johnson, who's got to be like a year away maybe from being out of the NFL. I mean, these are first overall picks in fantasy football. Certainly Saquon Barkley a couple years ago was either the first or second overall pick. Who knows where he'll be taken and where what will even be in 2022. Definitely a lot of questions surrounding him for sure. Congratulations, Saquon, on that award. I don't know. That's not one you want to win. Okay, let's go to now a couple of questions that we have as we continue on our discussion here on our award show. And and Joe, let's let's go to running backs again here and and ask the question that who finished as a running back one, so a, you know among the top twelve running backs, top fourteen running backs in fantasy football that won't in our next season coming up here in twenty twenty two. Well, first off, let me point out for everybody that the RB one group from this year is uh, really tricky and it's almost an illusion because. You missed time from Dalvin Cook, from CMC, obviously the whole season pretty much. You've missed time significantly from Derrick Henry in this season. A lot of guys weren't playing. So these guys who even finished as RB1s might not have finished there in the first place. But you had great seasons from James Conner, from Leonard Fournette, from Cordero Patterson, right? Patterson, at least a great first half of the season, not so much the second half. I think really this the wear and tear really caught up with Cordero Patterson at the end of the year, unfortunately, and they just too much usage in that. Debo Samuel role, if you will. And it's one of those things that concerns me about Debo going forward next year is how much of a beating can he take? How many touches can he have in a game as a true running back? That's something we have to really think about. But in terms of the running backs here, you know, Patterson's a guy you can't think is going to finish there again. It wouldn't go chasing last year, not a 30-year-old breakout. Leonard Fournette, God bless him, had a great season, really bucked a lot of trends. A lot of people thought playoff Lenny couldn't be regular season Lenny. They were 100% wrong. 
but I think it's asking a lot to go to that well again. I wouldn't do it. Last year was the year to take your shot on it, 21. Hopefully you did, and you won out because he was very good. And then James Conner, who was actually a guy I had shares of, and I like to do the hero running back strategy where I go with that big-time running back early on and then take a couple shots later at running back and just kind of bulk up at wide receiver. And the teams that I had structured like that did very well. It's something I want to carry over in 2022. But James Conner was one of those perfect guys to take a shot on because you figure, well, at the very least, he had touchdown equity. And my goodness, did he ever have touchdown equity this year? And I think going into next year, you have to ask yourself too, okay, is that sustainable in this offense, the way it's currently constituted? Does Rondell Moore take a step forward? Uh, do you have a healthy DeAndre Hopkins and, and a healthy Chase Edmonds the whole time? And all of a sudden, you just don't get as much opportunity for James Conner. So I think those three guys who were really useful this year in 2021. Going forward into 2022, I wouldn't call any of them RB1s. So don't get caught up in the past and said, try to live in the present with those guys. Yeah, fair enough, for sure. And and definitely, uh, you know, those names you gave, I mean, rock solid predictions, probably, as far as I would look at it, too. Uh, all players that had their moments this season, but you could definitely see the writing on the wall, I think, at the end. All right, let's, uh, let, let's give our final award or final question at the running back position, which is really, you know, obviously the question that everybody's probably waiting for here, Joe, which is which running back? is is going to take over which running back is going to go in the first second round of fantasy football drafts who is going to crack that rb1 field this coming football season well craig get ready now because 2022 the summertime when we start doing football shows again god willing as my grandma used to say god willing we'll all be here again next season and we'll get to do this all again you're going to be sick of hearing me talk about javante williams but that's okay because javante williams is that dude. He's that guy who's ready to take the next step. I think it was really smart for the Broncos to, you know, keep him in that timeshare, even though it was very tempting to start to separate him out of that as the year dragged on. I think you're going to see Javante Williams take over that lead back role. I think you're going to see, obviously, some big changes in Denver. We already know that. But Javante Williams has shown you the explosiveness. He showed it in the preseason. He showed it in college. He's shown it in the NFL. And if this guy gets 20 to 25 touches a game, he is absolutely going to be an RB1 and a stud at that. And the other guy for me is A.J. Dillon. I was very surprised that the Packers brought back Aaron Jones. I get it. I think they just want to try to keep the band together and keep everyone to, you know, happy in that Packers situation, which seems like an unhappy situation no matter what they do. But A.J. Dillon, to me, once again, a bruising running back, a bigger running back you love at the goal line. But what surprised me and impressed me the most, Craig, about A.J. Dillon this year was actually his pass-catching ability. I think that's a wrinkle we really didn't realize quite how good he could be. And he showed you that. And even if it is, let's say, Jordan Love and not, you know, Aaron Rodgers next year, I got to tell you, I think regardless, A.J. Dillon is highly investable because I think no matter what, whether it's Rodgers, whether it's Love, whether it's somebody else playing quarterback for the Packers in 2022, A.J. Dillon, I think, is going to get a lot of work. He has shown you he can be an all-purpose back. And I think Aaron Jones, unfortunately, might be that guy who had his window, that two- to three-year really good window. And like most running backs we talked about before, that's about what you're going to get in the NFL. And then you move on to the next guy. And I think A.J. Dillon is that next dude. All right. Well, Joe, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, we will catch up again soon. Thanks for giving some awards out today. Always a pleasure. I want to thank the Academy, and I want to thank my parent. No, it's all right. Just, just play the orchestra. Play me off, please. All right. We'll uh, be right back with more of our 2021 Fantasy Football Awards show. After 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to our 2021 Fantasy Sports Today Fantasy Football Awards Show. Make sure you're also following us on social media at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the latest news, notes, information, picks against the spread, and of course, advice in sports wagering and fantasy as well. I'm Craig Mish, along with Davis Maddock. Pretty soon, we're going to check in with Matt Stryker and George Kurtz as we go back and take a look at the wide receiver and tight end position in 2021. Before we do that, Davis, the most popular position, let's just call it in all of fantasy sports, has got to be the running back in fantasy football. It creates such interesting conversations, lots of divide, lots of controversy. But in the end, uh, what we saw this past year could be something we're going to see again in the future. Yeah, and honestly, you know, I kind of think it got its start in 2020. Certainly, you know, COVID-19, unfortunately, did play a big role in both the 2020 and 2021 seasons with guys missing games due to health and safety protocols. But you don't really have to look that far uh, from ADP in 2021 to see why 2021 was sort of the year of zero running back. Christian McCaffrey missed most of the season with injury. Dalvin Cook missed four games. Alvin Kamara missed a handful of games. Derrick Henry missed half the season. Uh, Saquon Barkley missed half the season. Nick Chubb missed time with health and safety protocols. Antonio Gibson let people down. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got injured. Chris Carson got injured. I mean, the list goes on and on and on of the guys who underperformed, who got injured, and whose replacements also you know, did fine. That that really, at the end of the day, Craig, this is a, a, a very clear lesson from 2021, which is that when wide receivers get injured, there's not really a replacement for them. A.J. Brown gets injured. We're not running to the waiver wire for Nick Westbrook-Akeen. Derrick Henry gets injured, and we are loading up on Dante Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, and Jeremy McNichols. So that, that really is basically uh, the big difference between running back and every other position in fantasy. 
Yeah, no doubt. And and then uh, what what happened was this past season is that you were able to go to the waiver wire, or if you were really savvy at the end of your fantasy football drafts, depending on your roster size, that's clearly an issue in, in some fantasy leagues. It doesn't apply to everybody in this conversation. Uh, but but finding that running back later in the draft that can help you, and let's, let's be honest, Dave, it's not for 14 weeks, but finding that running back that can fill in for four, five, uh, six weeks, you know, something like that. Uh, so let's start off, uh, Davis, with one running back that I know that you became a fan of very early on in the season. And uh, with the San Francisco 49ers running back situation, how did it look at the beginning of the year? Well, it looked like they gave Raheem Mostert a long-term contract extension. It looked like they extended. Uh, it, it basically looked like th- that extension was going to lead to Mostert getting the bulk of the playing time. But then here comes the draft, and they draft this kid named Trey Sermon, who was a really good running back in college. But Davis didn't turn out to be either of those guys providing the value. No, and uh, you know even Jeff Wilson Jr. got in here for a little bit. But if we want to, if we want to turn our brains all the way back to the beginning of the 2021 fantasy football season, the big debate was how much money do you spend on Elijah Mitchell after Raheem Mostert gets injured? And if, if we really want to turn our brains back, remember Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch in week one of the NFL season, just a straight up game day inactive for the 49ers after being drafted in the third round. Mitchell was drafted in the sixth round. Now, Mitchell himself did get injured twice during the regular season, which led to uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. being the nominal starting running back for the 49ers. Trey Sermon got two games where he basically was in a 50-50 timeshare with Kyle Juszczyk. But in the games that Eli Mitchell started, he was a stone-cold, lock him in, don't question it, start. And uh, that is a lesson, you know, a little bit of game theory that I want to carry forward. I, I want to remember this nugget as we head into the 2022 season, which is that when we get there and there's a big unexpected shakeup at running back, someone gets injured, someone gets 20 touches in week one that we didn't project, spend on that guy because Eli Mitchell was that guy in 2021. And Craig, your Miami Dolphins, Miles Gaskin was that guy the year before where we didn't know who was going to be starting, you know, Jordan Howard or, you know, we, we had no idea. And then Gaskin comes out the first week of the season and is their starting running back pretty much all year long other than when he got banged up. Yeah. Yeah. Very fair point. Let's also uh, not forget to mention that right before the fantasy football season began, uh, sort of in the best ball slash preseason, we lost Cam Akers and we lost J.K. Dobbins and Dobbins will be an interesting name, of course, uh, moving forward, provided that he is healthy. Well, the 2020 fantasy football season, Davis, was a little bit different. Shows like these, we're talking about a running back on the Buffalo Bills named Devin Singletary, who was a star in college at Florida Atlantic University, played about 30 minutes up the road from me, rushed for 1,200, 1,400 yards at FAU, was unstoppable force. But in 2020, the Buffalo Bills basically decided, ah, you're Devin Singletary, we're going to make him split carries with everybody under the sun. And it sort of started off that way again, Davis, in 2021 as well. But in the second half of the season, I guess you have to look at Devin Singletary as the primary ball carrier for the Buffalo Bills. But it took a long time for them to get there. I did. I mean, Devin Singletary in the first, uh, I think it, it's it's like 35 games of his career or something like that. Basically, his first two and a half seasons, he had seven touchdowns. Then in the last six games the Bills played, he matched that with seven touchdowns. In fact, if you look at the way his season went, uh, he had scored two touchdowns up until week 
13. Then the fantasy football playoffs come, 22 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. Ends the year like gangbusters for the Buffalo Bills. Really basically becoming a guy you sort of needed to have in the playoffs to win your fantasy football matchup. If you had held on to Singletary that entire time, and I think this is huge heading into 2022 because, you know, sort of the, we, we've thought this a long time about Bill's running backs. Oh, well, they're not going to score any touchdowns, right? Because Josh Allen is going to take all the touchdowns. But now with Zach Moss and Matt Breida sort of being cast off, it really does look like the Bills might have a running back one in fantasy and it's uh you know it's also just a great reminder that we want to have running backs in good offenses even if we don't necessarily if we can even if you have to squint to see the role we just want running backs on good teams all right let's move over to uh arizona where the future i think is best to stay away from because it's murky at best with just across the board with what with uh with what's going on with the cardinals but when you look back to last year Perhaps the player in all of fantasy football, Davis, that gave you the most touchdown equity. If you were to guess at the beginning of the year, you would have said his name is Derrick Henry. But it was not. It was James Conner on the Arizona Cardinals, who essentially any time the Cardinals had the ball in the red zone near the goal line, uh, Conner looked like, in my day, uh, Davis, he looked like Marcus Allen. He could, he could not be stopped on the one-yard line. That is a skill set that will keep you in the NFL for years and years, the goal line back. We used to see that for many years, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But I guess the question is, is that when we look back at Connor's season, you know, certainly he was not the fantasy football MVP, but it was a staggering amount of points from a player that no one expected to get this kind of volume. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, a ninth, 10th round selection who led the NFL in touchdowns. I mean, 18 touchdowns. Absolutely absurd from James Conner. And he was even close to being uh, even more of a league winner because Chase Edmonds got hurt in the middle of the season. And and Conner was, you know, basically a top five player in fantasy when he was out. And then Conner himself got injured, banged up his heel at the end of the season, only played 14 snaps in the season finale um, against the Rams and missed week 16 and week 17. But even with that missed time, and I think that the lesson to learn there is a pretty simple one, which is that when average draft position is suggesting that the market doesn't know which running back is going to be the lead guy, just take the cheaper one because the market is sort of throwing their hands up and saying, you know, we don't know Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams. Uh, we don't know between James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Uh, we don't know between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. If you just select the guy who is cheaper, you're basically getting, um, you know, plus money on a coin flip, right? You're, you're getting plus 120 on a coin flip, whereas the people selecting the more expensive guy in the backfield, they're getting minus 120 on a coin flip. So I think that the lesson with James Conner is, is fairly important to learn for drafting moving forward. Yeah, and, uh, and always a question as to who will be next year's James Conner, who will get that ball on that team, get those goal line carries. So much variance involved in that, uh, but that's an excellent point there as well. Uh, maybe another strategy to have in 2022 is to take a look back at 2021 and just basically say at the end of your draft, take some Chiefs running backs, whoever's on the roster, because you got a shot of seeing this guy play. Because last year, it was the season of welcome back to Daryl Williams, as Williams ended up making a ton of starts, scoring a lot of touchdowns, 
and certainly put you in a position where you could use him for about two months in fantasy football. That was not something predictive at the beginning of the season. As you mentioned, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, certainly got hurt a bunch of times and sort of flamed out. But this stable of Chiefs running backs is the gift that keeps on giving. And, uh, and Williams was a big beneficiary of that last year. Massive beneficiary. I mean, Daryl Williams in games where uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did not play Average just a hair over 15 touches. Uh, at the end of the year, 1,000 scrimmage yards, eight touchdowns from a guy you would have taken with your last pick in the draft. And that is, um, you know, again, just another good nugget to carry leaning forward, which is just that in pretty much every single draft, you should want to grab a Chief. You probably want to grab a Bill, maybe a Buccaneer if, uh, you know, if Tom Brady is still the quarterback. Uh, you know, just kind of getting as many pieces from really good offensive teams as possible. Also, you know, we kind of glossed over this with Eli Mitchell, but how about the 49ers backfield? I mean, just pretty much every year, take your Jermichael Hasty, take your Eli Mitchell, take your Jeff Wilson Jr., take your, uh, remember when they had Joe Williams, they had McKinnon. I mean, they've had so many guys in that backfield, but it is it is a good lesson. You know, these elite backfields with shaky starters, right? I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, very shaky starter, not a guy who's ever really been great at the NFL level, just kind of takes stabs on some of these third-string running backs on really good teams. Yeah, historically speaking, and, and I mentioned this on our previous shows, it used to be the Denver uh, Broncos running back situation that was the fantasy football darling. It was Terrell Davis and Mike Anderson, and Orlandis Gary, and Ruben Drones. They even had a kid, uh, I don't know if you remember going back this far, named Quentin Griffin, who played the first game of the season, rushed for 150 yards. Of course yards. I know Quentin Griffin. Okay. Quentin Griffin yeah. went to the University of Oklahoma, scored six touchdowns in a game against That's right. Texas. That's right. That's right. And, and he looked like you know the, the biggest pickup of all in fantasy football. Some teams just have that knack for it. Also for the 49ers, the guy that I had a few years ago, uh, who who had that tremendous season at running back with uh, with them was Matt Breida. Matt Breida was a star on the on the 49ers a few years ago and of course, you know, certainly playing last season with the Buffalo Bills. So, definitely some good game theory to think about. Davis brings up some really good late round running backs that helped you win fantasy football leagues in 2021. We got plenty more to come here on our award show. We're going to give out the awards to the top wide receiver in fantasy football in 2021. We're going to bring in Matt Stryker for that conversation. We're also going to bring in George Kurtz for the top tight end in all of fantasy football in 2021. And then a little bit later in the show, Davis and I are going to go through the first two rounds in best ball fantasy football drafts for the next few months. So make sure you stay with us as we continue on here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com as our award show continues in just a couple of minutes. Great, great. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once, starting at $40 a month. 
Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you missed any part of our 2021 Fantasy Sports Today Fantasy Football Awards show, don't worry. You can catch it in full over on sportsgrid.com or also on YouTube. In fact, we're going to take a look at 2022 and some potential picks you may want to make in the first and second round in the upcoming best ball format. But Davis Maddock, as we close out this first hour of our award show, I pose this question to you. What did you learn in 2021 in fantasy football that as a commissioner you should be considering changing in 2022? Well, uh, if you'll allow me to get up on my soapbox, the first thing is, and this isn't just a lesson from 2022, add more flex spots, right? That That's the number one thing, right? Uh, three flex spots, four spots. I mean, just is the more players you can start, the better. I, uh, I firmly believe that it allows skilled managers to pick up more players and so on and so forth. I also, you know, always advocate the super flex format, particularly if you are in a dynasty league. I think that's the, the, the super flex format just makes sure that every single player in the league pretty much has value. Nothing like trading Derek Carr for a future first round pick. That's uh, that's an emotion I wish for all of you. And then, you know, just your standard 12-team PPR league with your buddies. Uh, I do think as long as health and safety protocols exist, you got to have IR slots. And not just one, probably two or three. Because it's, it's, it's not fair, right? You, you're, you, we got bye weeks, we got injuries, and then, oh, Keenan Allen's on the COVID list. Well, I don't want to cut Keenan Allen. Uh, I, think, I think as long as the health and safety protocols exist in the NFL, you got to have multiple IR slots. Yeah, makes some sense, although I will be optimistic in thinking we will not need those for 2022, but maybe that's too optimistic uh, a few months from now. All right, that'll do it for our first hour of our 2021 Fantasy Football Fantasy Sports Today Award Show. But as we teased in the first hour of the show, we are far from done. Matt Stryker is going to join us coming up. We're going to go over the wide receiver position. George Kurtz will weigh in on the tight ends. And Davis and I next are going to give out the award for the second team, all second team, fantasy football. We gave you a little tease of that earlier. What else is next? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.